We right now are entering into a new series entitled How to Be Rich. And uh, many of you know of Andy Stanley. You've heard him reference. Those who have been in life groups know Andy Stanley. But uh, we actually saw a series that he did. And we have pulled a lot of our content, not only for this entire series, but a lot of the content of today's message comes from a message that Andy Stanley did. And we just want to give him credit for some great work that he did. And it was so good that we said, boy, we need to do the same thing for you folks here at LifePoint. But um, you know, if there ever was a time for a series on money, I think now is the time. You know, one of those, those do we have your attention moments. And uh, I think that it's on all of our minds. Uh, no matter what your financial uh, state is right now, uh, the, we look at our country, we see the free fall. But God's word has some very important things to say about money. And uh, we wanna, I want to begin by, by reading one of the things that Paul wrote to his understudy, Timothy. Uh, Timothy was a church planter like Paul, and he, he, Paul was putting him in charge of a church that he had earlier planted. And this is one of the commands, one of the things that he, he told Timothy to do. In 1 Timothy 6.17, he says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Well, I love this passage because just the very start of it, command those who are rich. Now, Paul's telling Timothy to command the people under him uh, that are are rich to do certain things. And we don't do a whole lot of command in this day day and age, but, but this is what the scripture says. And what I think is, is amazing is that he says, command those who are rich. Right here in this scripture is a passage to those who are wealthy, those who are rich. And I think sometimes we get into this mode where we think that, well, God loves the poor. God loves the middle class. But we're not so sure that God loves the rich, that God cares about the rich. But our God loves everybody. He loves the poor, he loves the middle class, he loves the rich, and he has instructions for those who are wealthy, and for good reason. Because when you are wealthy and when you are rich, there are certain temptations, there are certain things that come your way that maybe those of us who are middle class or poor don't run into as much. I mean, just a quick poll. How many of you are rich? Okay. How many of you know somebody that is rich? Anybody? Anybody, you know, work with somebody that you know is rich? Yeah, but you know, when we moved here from Kansas City, the area that we lived in was fairly well to do. In fact, our entire county was called Johnson County, and it was kind of this stigma. You know, entire state of Kansas, people would say, oh, you're from Johnson County. And, uh, and I never, growing up there, viewed myself and my family as very wealthy. My dad was a blue-collar worker, and, uh, you know, we always just had a hard time getting those, those bills paid. But we definitely got to see rich people. I got to you know, at church, I, I knew what the rich look like. And the rich, they just, they do. They have different temptations and struggles than the rest of us. Uh, and, and the main thing is, is that they have extra money. I mean, rich people, they, they have so much money that they have money that they can save. They can put money away. And in fact, they put money away for their kids' college. And, you know, they have to stress about which college their kids are going to go to. In fact, they have so much money that they can even buy their kids' cars. And that in and of itself is stressful because then it even increases all the other expenditures that they have. 
But they have money to pull that kind of thing off. Rich people have so much money that, that they literally, when they die, there's money left over. They can't even spend it all in their lifetime. So like they, they're building up these Roth IRAs and pension funds, and they have to go to lawyers. It's stressful. They go to these lawyers, and they have to figure out what they're going to do with all their money when they die and, and how to manage the money in the process. And you see the money go, goes up and down with the investments. And there's just rich people have a lot of stresses. But rich people, it, it just doesn't stop there. There's social pressures that they deal with that the rest of us just don't have to face. Like, I've heard, I've actually not actually seen this, but I've heard that rich ladies will actually walk into their closet and they'll look, and it's like just filled with all these clothes and there's all these shoes on the bottom, and they will look in this closet and rich ladies will go, they'll, they'll say something. You know what they say? I have nothing to wear. That's what rich ladies do. I've never seen this, but... You know, I've heard, though, that even an eight-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little girl can look in their closets and say the same things. Now, I can tell you with confidence that a three-year-old little boy never looks at his closet and asks what to wear. But again, this is just stuff that I've heard. Now, rich guys, you'll, you'll know rich guys because, now, okay, people out there, you know, if you're rich, you, you probably have a house, right? But rich guys, all right, they don't just have a house. They've got another little house. And, and, they, and they pull their cars into this little house. Their, their cars have a house. They call it a garage. Think about that. That keeps the rain off of the, off the car. And the car, after it's a couple years old, even though there's really nothing that wrong with the car, do you know what rich guys do? They swap their car out. They get a new car. I'm telling you, I've seen this. This is the lifestyles of the rich and the famous. Okay? Not only that, but... When it comes to their home, you know, rich person owns a home for 10, 15 years, and uh, maybe even less sometimes, and, and even though the countertops still work, they're still sturdy, they're not rotting, you know, uh, the sinks, all that stuff, they'll go and they'll just swap the whole thing out. No kidding. Sometimes they do the same thing with furniture. Just because they don't like the color, it doesn't, doesn't fit anymore. They'll swap all that stuff out. That's what rich people do. The other thing, and you'll know this because you, you see the rich, you'll know. Because you'll never see somebody who's overweight that, that isn't rich. Because rich people, they literally have so much money that they can buy more food than what they can eat. They, they really never go hungry. It's just, that's what it means to be rich. But, you know, when we start to talk about rich, you can see, what is it? It's a relative term, right? I mean, how do you define rich? When are you rich? Barack Obama said that it's $250,000. If you make $250,000, you're rich. Uh, You know, one study, what they did is they grabbed a a bunch of people who made about $35,000 a year. They put them in a room and they asked them, how much do you make if you're rich? You know what they said? $70,000. From their perspective, if you made $7,000, you were rich. Well, then they grabbed a whole room full of people who were making $70,000. And they asked them, how much do you have to make before you can really categorize yourself as rich? For them, it was $140,000. They just kept doing this. And they found that basically rich is double whatever you are currently making. Oh, seriously. That's, you know, that, that's what they found out. And w- there was one... 
uh, this is an anecdotal thing, but uh, Bill Gates was over, uh, he went to Africa, and it's really one of the things that changed his life and, and, and gave him a whole new perspective. But he walked in, he was talking with this lady in a hut who's hardly making ends meet, and after he walks off, um, this other guy comes in, and, and he says, ma'am, you know, do you realize that you were talking with um, the richest person in the world? And her response was, well, everybody from the West is rich. From her perspective, there really wasn't any difference between you and I and Bill Gates. I mean, we just categorically were pretty much in the same spot. Here's some interesting, you know, if we're trying to get a definition and we, we just are going to, you know, say that rich is relative, just think about this for a minute. If you make, as your household income, $37,000 a year, make $37,000 as a household gross income, that puts you in the top 4% of all people on this planet as far as how much you make. That means that I throw you in a room with 100 people, you look at all those hundred people, you find four of them, there's only three of those four that, that are making more money than you if you're making $37,000 a year. If you are so blessed to, to make uh, $74,000 a year, you are now in the one percentile. Your household income is 74000 I put you in a room of 100. Do you know where you are on that category? You're the richest guy in the room. Think about that. I'm going to take another poll. How many of us in this room are rich? Anybody? It's a hard thing to say. I realize that. But I think that the real issue here is is not so much are we rich, but do we feel rich? I mean, we could have titled this whole entire series How to Get Rich. But as we started looking into it, we realized that pretty much everybody is rich. And so the question isn't so much about how to get rich, It's how to be rich. It's how to feel rich. How to realize our own wealth. Because part of the struggle that we have is if you go through life and you're always trying to get rich, what happens if suddenly you cross that line and you're now rich and you don't realize you're rich? Well, you might keep on working to try to make more. You keep stressing out. You keep trying to chase that carrot that keeps flying around when maybe you're already rich. And the real issue is that you have to learn how to enjoy it. You know, when I look back on my own life and I try to say, when did I feel rich? When did I feel rich? As I look back, I I can find some times in my life when I was making less than I am making now that I felt richer than I do today. And as I start to look at those circumstances, there's certain things that come into play. It really isn't so much about how many things I had. It wasn't so much about the income I had. It was, there were times that I just didn't have a lot of bills coming in. I didn't have a lot of debt. I had more coming in than what was going out. And there was just, there was margin in my life. There was a sense of freedom, a sense of, of being able to take advantage of opportunities. And just a little side note, we're going to talk a little bit more about margin as we move through this series. But, you know, my confession to you right now is I don't, I don't feel rich. I know that I am rich. I don't feel rich because I don't have a whole lot of margin. And uh, my wife and I, I'm in the process right now of just doing this whole entire philosophy change in my finances. 
I was almost, I, I took a lot of finance courses in college. I was two credits away from having a minor in economics. And my whole philosophy was leveraging my finances. You know, discipline myself, put as much away into investments, you know, always look at the interest rates. If I can get a higher interest rate here, put that money in there and, you know, hopefully get the right margins going. And, uh, you know, I still think that that theory probably would net me pretty good when I'm 65 or 70, but it definitely doesn't give me any margin. And and I have to watch those bills that come in. And, you know, there's a, a couple in our church, I think they go over to Six Forks, Gary and Melissa Hinkle, and you might have seen their testimony at one point. But uh, they are debt-free. They, they got into Dan, uh, uh, Dave Ramsey's course, on, and we're going to be offering that in January, a little plug on it. But I keep thinking, how great would it be if, if someday we, we could just have a bunch of people from LifePoint that are debt-free, that are living just lives of financial freedom, that are free to give and, and to, to take advantage of the opportunities that God presents in their life. Imagine if more of us were in that situation right now during this meltdown. Probably if there was more of us as a country that were in that situation, we wouldn't even be having this meltdown. But it's just something to think about. But if we admit, if we get to the point that, that we can admit that we are rich, that we have more than what we need, I mean, what do we do with that? I think the very first thing that we have to do is simply this. Admit that we are rich. I mean, it's the hardest piece of this. But if you can get to that point where you admit it, you just come out and say, hey, I am rich. I mean, for those of you that, that after hearing some of these stats, let's just do this as a congregation. Say these words. Say, I have more than I need. I am rich. I have more than I need. I am rich. Or, or let's do, a, how about a spiritual version of this? God has blessed me with more than I need. He's blessed me with an abundance. I am rich. God has blessed me with an abundance. I am rich. That's hard to say though, isn't it? I thought about, I'll go tell my kids, you say, honey, mommy and daddy were rich, you know? I'm, I'm just telling my kids that. But I've got this fear that they're going to go to school and tell their teacher. You know, and then their teacher's going to say, well, what does your dad do? And they say, oh, he's a pastor. And then the teacher's going to say, no, he's a televangelist. You know? But just, it is. There's something about this that, that is hard to say. It's hard to swallow. But I think that that comes to the second part of this. Once we admit that we are rich, then the next thing is to just be grateful. All right? We just need to be thankful for what God has blessed us with. Uh, and acknowledge that, that he is the one that's done it. But that discomfort we have in saying that we are rich is because there's a part of us that feels guilty that we're rich. I mean, I don't know how this happened. I don't know where it came into our society, but when you are rich, there is this sense of guilt that, came, that, that comes with it. Um, as though, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's that we don't feel we deserve it or we have too much or we're, you know, you're, you're watching this stuff, but... Um, shouldn't feel guilty about it. God has blessed you. You have more than what you need. Give him thanks. Give him praise for it. Don't beat yourself up about being rich. Really, to be honest, you really didn't have that much to do with it in the first place. I'm not saying that, you know, 
you, you work hard. If you live in the United States, you, you know, and we live in, or not just the United States, any place that's a free market capital place, you're going to, yeah, you work harder. You're, you're going to make more than the next guy. But let me tell you this. You are not rich just because you worked hard. I promise you there are people right now in Africa, ladies who wake up and have to walk a mile or two miles to fetch water. They work all day out in the field just to have a little substance to get their families by and they're still starving. Does anybody in here feel like you, you work harder than they do? You were blessed. You were born into a, into a country, into a family, where you had certain opportunities. And that's okay. God has blessed you. You just give him thanks and enjoy. Now, with that, there comes another piece. Not only must we be grateful, but we need to be responsible. You see, when you have wealth, there are dangers that come into play. It says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And I think we learned that this week. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. One passage that Jesus said when, when he basically offered discipleship to a rich man and he turned it down, looked to his other disciples. He says how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. First of all, doesn't that passage sound a whole lot different after the first part of this message? I really never thought that one applied to me. (laughs) That one applies to me. But how hard it is. It's easy to, when you have a little bit more, to rely on that little bit more than to trust in him who is the giver of all good things. Certain dangers that come into play. And we're going to talk a little bit about those over the next couple of weeks. But not only are there some dangers, there are expectations. God did not give you more than you need just because he likes you more than the people who live in Africa or India or China or some other country. God gave you more for a reason. And it's your job to find out what that reason is. To find out what areas of your life he has given you more for a reason. One of the things that, that, it, that he said as well was, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Expectations come. And we're going to learn a little bit about those as well in the coming weeks. But I am so excited about this, this message, this series. There is no topic that is closer to, to, to the spiritual life than this study. There is nothing that will tell you more about your priorities and the things you care about than opening up your checkbook and looking at, at where that money flows. And so I hope that this is a time of growth and a time of inspiration and a time that all of us are put onto a track that God would have us. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful that you are God that teaches us truth. That you, you care about us on every plane.
and that you give us some basic instructions in regards to how to handle those things that, that you have entrusted to us. And we, first and foremost, this morning, we give you thanks because we may have come into this room as poor, but we are leaving as rich with an understanding of who you are and what you have laid out and an idea to what you have expected. And so we just ask that your spirit would move over this next couple of weeks and direct us to make the changes and do the things that you would have us to do. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.